Welcome to The Rutledge Perspective. I am your host, Laurel Rutledge, and this show is where we talk about the things that are top of mind as you navigate your career, whether corporate or otherwise. The plan is to get you out of your rut and talk you back off that ledge with insights and perspectives on the daily grind. Welcome to the village. Welcome to this week's episode of The Rutledge Perspective, and this is going to be a good one, y'all. I am so excited. I have got Sharon Smith Akinsanya with me, who is the CEO of Ray McKenzie Group and the founder of the People of Color Career Fair and an author of an upcoming book called Colorful, Competitive Strategies to Attract and Retrain Top Talent of Color. And it's going to be available in November online, and then in bookstores, it'll be available in February 2021. And I'm going to read you a little bit more about her bio in just a minute. But Sharon, thank you for being here. I'm so excited. Oh my goodness, Laurel. Thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this conversation. Yes, me too. (laughs) Me too. Um, So to give you guys a little bit of background about Sharon, um, she is absolutely a force of nature whose life's work is to foster connectivity between corporations and people of color by helping corporate leaders position their companies in a way to attract, recruit, develop, and retain talent of color. Her proven successes are why Fortune 500 companies refer to her as their secret weapon. From her early years as a media sales rep in markets that ignored black consumers to creating media strategies for the legendary musician Prince, Sharon's vast expertise includes decades of honing strategy, attaining high-level results, and producing events with flawless execution. She believes in sparking big change from the inside out and getting big results. Her innovative ideas create impactful opportunities for all involved. Through the People of Color Career Fair, Sharon tuned her desire, turned her desire to connect professionals of color with life-changing careers into a wildly successful semi-annual hiring event attended by hundreds at a time and supported by the top political and business leaders in the region. Now, although Sharon's firm focuses on initiatives in the Minneapolis-St. Paul region, she firmly believes that by solving problems in her own backyard, she and her clients can lead by example. She wants the company she supports to become DEI rock stars and serve as examples to other corporations on how to take the journey. Sharon, I just have no words, honey. You've just done so much. It's just amazing. I can't wait for this, this conversation. Uh, thank you so much. It's just incredible. So what I want to start with is I kind of like to start like where we are now and then go backwards so people understand the journey. So maybe tell us a little bit more about that, the people of color job fair and that whole process of matching people, talent of color with companies looking for them. Yeah. So, you know, we founded the People of Color Career Fair in October of 2016, and it quite frankly Mm -hmm. was born out of a need. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know how many times that I've heard, and I'm sure you've heard too, Laurel, you know, I just can't find find professionals (laughs) of color. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Um, I did the Scooby-Doo moment. I'm like, right, right. (laughs) So I know that we have them. So Mm -hmm. I thought, okay. So then I started to really think about this a little deeper. And I said, listen, you know, you as a, as a white CHRO mm-hmm. or hiring manager, it is true, particularly in our region, mm-hmm. you could have gone your entire life without having a relationship or friend with anybody who didn't look mm-hmm. like you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have a broad network, right. you continue to hire the people that you know and mm-hmm. you, in your network. And mm-hmm. so I said, okay. I'm at an advantage because my entire life I've had to have relationships with people that don't look like me. So my network right. is broader. 
Right. So why don't we figure out a way to help corporations broaden their networks? Because this is what the problem is. Mm-hmm. And then get down and really meet more professionals that they can hire and build relationships with. So I started from the premise of relationship building because I'm like, no, no, no. They can't find them because mm-hmm. they don't have a broad enough network to be able to know where to go. I so, love that. <laughs> so I thought that I would do an old fashioned career fair. Mm-hmm. And I uh, went to my sponsors and said, hey, let's do this. I want to do the people of color career fair. They're, oh, Sharon, you can't call it that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yes, I can. That's yes. what we're going to do because that's what the problem is in our Absolutely. region. Mm-hmm. Because we have an unemployment rate uh, among people of color that's two to four times the rate of our white counterparts. So mm-hmm. I got everybody to agree that we're going to call it the People of Color Career Fair. And we launched it in October of 2016 Love with it. the mission of making sure that top Minnesota employers really connected mm-hmm. with professionals of color, top talent, mm-hmm. looking to work for corporations who are dead serious about mm-hmm. diversity, equity, and inclusion, and specifically increasing racial inclusivity at all levels of the organization. And that's why I was saying to you before, Laura, we talked about how it was so important. Yes. Look at who's behind your career fair. What's the mission? What's Mm -hmm. it all about? What are the outcomes? What are the goals? And what is the brand promise? So that's how we, that's how we started. And that's the reason for it. Well, this is just, I'm trying to figure out where to go next. Cause, (laughs) cause it's just so much because, because I think, I hear that a lot, and especially as a senior HR executive, well, we just can't find them. We don't want to, you know, and, and it does get down to relationships and who you know. That's right. And it gets down to having the courage to engage someone who doesn't have the same experience as you, doesn't look like you, uh, maybe a nuclear engineer instead of an electrical engineer. And what you really need is an engineer. You just told yourself you only want electrical engineers. Exactly. Right? So okay. So really broadening that experience. And so when you talk about that, that relationship piece, what has been one of the biggest things that you've heard from employers about building those relationships with people of color, their biggest challenge? Well, they say, well, 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 what they're saying to me is Sharon, thank you for being very candid Mm. uh, about what you think our challenge is and then providing a solution to it. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, there's really no debate that if you're if you have a small network, you know, and we know that most of the job, you know, fulfillment comes from referrals. Yes. We know that. Yeah. Yes. You know, then if your network is small, then we're not going to get a shot if you don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. People of color. Right. So they they primarily say, you know, thank you for giving us a new way of thinking about this, because Mm -hmm. we were just sort of just going around in circles Mm -hmm. and and really having a good time when they get to the career fair and meeting all these amazing people that not only become um, a part of their pipeline, Mm -hmm. but there's so many others from other corporations that they hadn't met yes. <laughs> that, become, <laughs> that become networking buddies. So yes. everybody looks forward to the networking. Yes. And so, so, yeah, but they have admitted that they just couldn't find it and they couldn't figure it out. And what mm-hmm. I did was try to figure out a way, how do I, how do I give everybody a way to meet new people? Because that's mm-hmm. what this, this is about. And to get out of their comfort zone. Yes. Okay, out of the office, say yes to some of those networking opportunities and those coffees yes, and begin to broaden your network so that you can be more productive in your work. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and, and as you talk about that, the other thing you mentioned was the, the inclusivity piece through all levels of the organization, right? Absolutely. So, so yes, people have networks that are small and for the most part really look like them. So you need to broaden the network so you can at least see people that are different than you and have different experiences. Right. But that's the easy piece, right? Getting people in is the easy piece. How do you keep them? How do you engage them? How do right. you really ensure that that person feels like they are a part of your organization? So talk a little bit more about how you have had these conversations with these organizations to say, okay, now we're networking. Now you see them and you can hire them. What are you doing to make sure that they're staying? Absolutely. And that's, that's a big, big conversation because you Laurel, of all people mm-hmm. know how expensive it is to yes. hire. Yes. And it costs a lot of money when, you know, you got great talent of it just walking out the door mm-hmm. and top talent of color have been leaving this region at record rates mm-hmm. for not because of the job opportunity, but because of the lack of cultural connectivity. Ah, uh, Because mm-hmm. when I first moved here, I'm like, Lord, I'm never going to get married. I'm definitely not going to have a baby. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there ain't no, nothing here but snow prints and white people. Yes. So I don't know quite how this is going to work. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, so at that point, that was an opportunity for me that I knew that I can help corporations solve. Mm-hmm. How do we make the region more attractive uh, mm-hmm. so that we can do a better job at retaining? So we have this conversation a lot with CEOs, CHROs, mm-hmm. and what we're doing is putting together sort of a newcomer's toolkit, if you will, ah, I love uh, it. to make sure, because, because corporations, you know, in their defense, have become therapists. Uh, <laughs> yes. They become, they got to recruit, they got to, mm-hmm. it's just a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so I'm saying, yes, it's, it is your responsibility, but you do not have to do it alone. Right. So let's come up with a toolkit and make sure that we have steps mm-hmm. for those newcomers to go through to make sure that they are feeling connected mm-hmm. to community in addition to the employee resource groups. Right. What are the five people? Who are the five people you need to meet yes. right away? Right, right. You know, where's, where's your churches? Mm-hmm. Where do mm-hmm. I get my hair did? Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And who yes. am I going to date? Who am I going right. to date? If I'm right. And so, so those are the questions that we work together to try to ask because they're real. It gets cold in our region and people yes. need a hug in the yes. winter time. Yes. Okay? <laughs> and so, so connectivity and companionship and network, it's really, really, really important. So we have open, candid, honest conversations about that. And we haven't gotten it yeah. perfect yet, mm-hmm. but we mm-hmm. are getting there with making sure that we reduce the rate of uh, professionals who are leaving the region. Mm-hmm. I love that because I, the company I just left, our headquarters were in Pittsburgh. And that was one of the things that were, that was also a challenge, right? So, and it's very much one of those Midwest places where people grow up there, they stay there. They might go away to college, but they're going to come back, right? right. They call, what they call them, boomerangers, right? They're going to come yep. back because they love Pittsburgh. But one of the things that came up um, when I went to a couple of, of events, when we were talking about this and, and making sure that professionals of color stay in the region is if there is no connection to community, they're not going to stay. They're not going to stay because the company may be great and they may actually have work BFFs, right? And, and a work wife and a work husband and all that good stuff. But when you go home, if you go back to your apartment or your house Mm -hmm. and it's just you Mm -hmm. and the same grocery store you go to, Mm -hmm. but 
the same shows you're watching, but there's nothing else that connects you and grounds you, you're not going to stay. That's and right. it's cold. That's me that's as a Texan, right? That's, that's true, no but that's true. Yeah. <laughs> we need to create stickiness. Yes. Uh, and so that has become sort of a, a, a prime part of our conversation mm-hmm. uh, on the Ray McKenzie Group side as we consult mm-hmm. uh, those CHROs uh, and um, other members of uh, the talent acquisition and HR departments. Mm-hmm. We have to have um, candid conversations about that. Yes. These people need to feel connected. And we know that now more than ever before during oh, this yes. pandemic. Oh, yes. Yes. Because we're finding more people. This Zoom thing, I've had more Zoom happy hours. <laughs> now, I'm, an, in, I'm an introvert. So yeah. it's not been that bad for me. Yeah. But even I am reaching a point where I'm like, oh my gosh, can I just get out of my house for a few minutes? I just, oh, I just need <laughs> just a little bit. I'll let me go to the store, right? right. Just, just a little bit of something. That's now, right. You know, we, so as we, we think about what you're doing now and how you're really connecting people, talk to us a little bit about the journey because I am one when we first met. So in full disclosure, Sharon talks a lot about network and you heard her in the very beginning say it's about relationships. Sharon and I met through a coach. So just this whole conversation is the result of a network engagement and then us staying connected over time. So I cannot stress the importance of making those authentic connections and staying connected. So once you, you know, you really think about that, but how did you move from media and Prince to (laughs) Ray McKenzie group? Yeah. So, and it really has to do with that Rolodex. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you know, Laura, while it's so important for us to stay connected, we have to follow through. Yes. Right. Yes. So if we didn't stay connected, some sort of how, mm-hmm. whether it was a, a note every now and then through LinkedIn mm-hmm. or a mention here and there, this would be very difficult conversation to have right now. Yes. Yes. So, but, it's not right. <laughs> because we've spent enough time connecting over the, over the years yes. to be able to have this conversation. So it's really about follow through mm-hmm. and follow up. Mm-hmm. And so you have to remember to do that. So the, the so my journey uh, is my background is, 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 is radio sales. I love radio, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm a salesperson by nature. And so mm-hmm. I work for top radio stations in St. Louis, Missouri, which is where I'm from. Where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, then my boyfriend says, hey, you know, I want to go to Minneapolis to <laughs> work for Prince. I'm like, oh. what? There's nothing in Minneapolis but right? Prince. <laughs> now, I was the Prince fan, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, but okay, you know, single, no kids, let's roll out. Right. You know, so I came to move to Minneapolis and I mean, oh my God, I'm like, there's no way there's no way this is going to work. This is just crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was mm-hmm. no culture. Nothing was just Prince. Mm-hmm. You know, that it wasn't even a decent urban radio station in the market. Uh, you know? so yeah. like, oh my God, I'm not staying here. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, me roll with him. So uh, I started working for the top uh, CHR radio station, top pop radio station it was called KDWB. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, listen, I need a job. Just give me a list. You know, I sell stuff, no problem. You know, one of the accounts that they gave me was Glam Slam, which was Prince's um, nightclub. Yeah. And so I went over, we ultimately we got um, the nightclub on the air. Mm-hmm. And then one night uh, this bodyguard came up to me and said, Hey, the boss wants to see you. And I'm saying, my boss ain't up in here. <laughs> and he looked around and he said, no, no, no. And so I turned around and I'm like, oh, you're talking about Prince. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. So I go over and I talk to Prince. And so short story short, 
he congratulates me on the great job that we're doing at the club. And I'm just like, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately he offers me the job to come work for him doing marketing. And then I lose my boyfriend. Okay, because he's the one that wanted to work for Prince. So uh-huh. I'm like, oh, remember that? He was I don't like, know what to tell you, right? I'm, like, I'm, I'm just saying. So right. anyway, I decided to give Prince a few years of my life, and it changed right. everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, um, uh, so then we, I, I stopped working for him, and but I've always had this interest in consumerism and marketing and really mm-hmm. in advertising. That's my background. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well. I'm here now, so I might as well make the best of it. Right. And so I launched the Ray McKenzie Group in October of 1997, mm-hmm. which really is about making sure that we're working with top corporations, teaching them how to do, uh, build stronger relationships, back mm-hmm. to relationships with consumers of color at the time. Oh, so this okay. was about buying power mm-hmm. and how much money they were leaving on the table by not advertising to us properly. Mm-hmm. So everything was going great. 2008 happened. You guys know what 2000, what happened in 2008? The Great Recession. So I had done everything right. I had enough money to hang on for about a year. Me, my mom, and my daughter was just the three of us. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, but we lost everything. Mm -hmm. So we were homeless. But I had that million dollar Rolodex. Yes. Now we're back to relationships. Right? Right. That I had stayed in contact with. So I was scared, but I wasn't scared. Mm-hmm. And, but in my head, I was never going to get another job. I wanted to just kind of get moving, you know, kind of right. relaunch the business. Mm-hmm. But I had to pivot. I needed to ah. get a job. So mm-hmm. my client said she, they convinced me to take a job to help my family get back on their feet. Right. And so that was hard for me. But it was a pivot that we had to make, much like mm-hmm. what's going on right now during this pandemic. You have yes. to pivot. So I took a job as um, the regional development director for UNCF, United Negro College Fund, where mine is a terrible thing to waste. Yes. And helped that lovely organization raise about $10 million to help low to moderate income students get to and through college. Mm -hmm. And it was the best, one of the best decisions that I made because it gave me an opportunity to stay in touch with my clients, Mm -hmm. you know, my former clients, those relationships, right? right? Keep those going. And also build my stronger relationship with policymakers, people that were making decisions mm-hmm. about our people, you know, governors, senators, congressmen, mm-hmm. um, you know, aldermen, you know, mayors. So that was really that that was really important. And then I said, it's time. Yeah, I got to follow my dreams. Yes. And my mom says, OK, I agree. You know, maybe it's time to go. So three years ago. Three years ago, yeah, January fifteenth, mm-hmm. twenty seventeen, I gave a great big speech in front of twenty five hundred people, and I said, you know, on Dr. King's day, I said, mm-hmm. I have a dream. Oh, I too have a dream, and mm-hmm. I'm going to relaunch. I think I could add more value to the state by relaunching the Ray McKenzie Group, but only this time, I'm going to help solve this crazy unemployment gap because there's it. nothing like the dignity of mm-hmm. a good paying job. So I wanted to close the unemployment gap among people of color and we launched it and we launched it. And again, that year before we had already, well, actually six months before we'd already started the people of color career. Mm-hmm. Fair and there we were. And that's how, that's, that's the story. Wow. Wow. You know, and what's so powerful about that, Sharon, and, and I hear this all the time and, and it seems to be a consistent thing too, especially people, all the women that I'm interviewing is, 
none of our roads are without craziness. Oh no, that was nobody. A dip yes, <laughs> dips, and nobody gets through this life without at least a few of those. Absolutely, right? there's been many dips. We just don't many. have enough time Ooh. to go through all the dips. I'm telling you, and just to try to come out of those, right? Not and 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 understanding that the dip in and of itself builds Absolutely. some muscles Absolutely. that enable you to go to the next mountaintop. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that ability, I think, of you to, to pivot, to say, you know what, for right now, and this is where I want people to really think, for right now, this is the decision I need to make. Mm-hmm. Right. So for you, for right now, I need to go get a job right. because I need to make this change for my family. But right. I have not given up on my daydream. No. I have not. I have just put it on pause for a minute mm-hmm. while I do what I have to do so that then I can do what I want to do. Absolutely. And it gave me the opportunity to strengthen those relationships. Yes. And that if there's nothing else comes coming out of this is that, yes, we're going to have some dips. Mm-hmm. But man, you better value those relationships. Do not take them for granted. You follow mm-hmm. up. You know, you stay in touch. You send a nice note. You mm-hmm. think I'm just thinking about <clears throat> whatever that thing is for you. Yes. Um, please. That's, that's my biggest key message. I think it's what saved me all these years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, just having that multi-million dollar Rolodex. Right. Uh, you know, not so much revenue wise, but just the, the power in that Rolodex. Right. Just run through it. And that's an old fashioned word. Yes. You know, everything's electronic right now, but you guys know what I mean. The metaphor yes. Rolodex that mm-hmm. you go through and sort of say, you know what? Now, let me check on her. Yes. Check on, on him, see how they're doing. And we know people all over, it's six degrees of separation. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And that, and that ability and that it's not only confidence, but there's also a level of humility Absolutely. in maintaining relationships because you have to be willing to give as much as you're getting. That's right. Right. You have to be willing to understand that it's not just about you. Absolutely. The other person has to get something too. Absolutely. And Laura, you're so good at talking about this. It's a two-way mm-hmm. street. It is. So build the relationship before you make the ask. If you're always building. Yes. Yes. And then sometimes people will ask you before you even have a chance to ask them. That's right. Because they know you well enough. They know you. They'll be like, girl, what's going on with you? Right. <laughs> What can I do to help? I, what can I do to help? And then you, exactly. and you say, oh, this is what, but here's, what can I do to help you? Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's a two-way street. It's a two-way street. And it's really about, I remember talking to people about, about service. I posted this thing about mm. servant leadership. And one of the things I said was, if the first thing you think about when you're talking to somebody is what it does for you, that's not servant leadership. No. That is just ego right? That is not about truly serving others because I believe when you are in it to serve someone else, just like you said, you were in, you decided to do this to close the pay gap, to make sure that people had jobs where they could get dignity and that there were connections for people of color in the region. That is a mission. It is a mission. And here's the thing, you guys, everybody doesn't have the same gifts, right? Right. Everybody doesn't have the same gift. I have a gift of connection, being Mm -hmm. able to give people access. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that person couldn't do it. It just means that it probably might take them longer. Right. Right. And so if I can shave some time off 
or if you can shave some time off for that ex, that other person, mm-hmm. let's do that. Yes, let's exactly. That. Exactly. It is. And that, and that gift piece is important because there are things that we are just innately good at. They are just the way we're wired. They're the way we right. think. They're the way we work. And to really step into those gifts and own those. And, and it's not always easy because we are also raised, like my last week, I think I yep. did nurture versus nature but with Clarence Avant, right? And one of the things that came up, and this is what, it, what really drew me to you as well, Sharon, is, you know, we grew up with that whole, you got to run faster. You got to be better. You got to be smarter. You got all of that stuff, right? But now, even if you do that, remember, it still may not happen because the playing field is level, right? right? So that's the message we got. If you watch the Black Godfather, yep. he says, I don't let nothing stand in the way of what I want. That's right. Now, he also grew up in the 30s, yep. right? Where it was so blatant that maybe he didn't get that same rhetoric we got because it just wasn't going to happen. It just wasn't right? going <laughs> to Just step on over over and just do what you do because there is no opportunity, right? Right. But he decided that, no, 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 this is what I want. And you you don't have if you don't ask. Right. And as he says, I don't have problems, I have friends. I know, that's right. I don't have problems, I have friends. I I love that. I do too. And so when I think about you and what you've done and how you have focused on how can I provide a solution to a problem that is impacting not only companies that help to support our economy, but people who need to support their families and ultimately are the base of the economy to look at that and say, I've got a solution. And not only do I have a solution, but the gifts that I have enable me to make this solution palatable and exceptional for everyone else who needs it. And that's incredible. Yep. And oh, by the way, people pay me after I figure out. There you go. So if you give, this in there saying like this. So if you give people what they need, yes, they you give you what you need. That's what I'm saying. But you, but but you do have to have a, a how do you call it, Laurel servant's heart. Yes, a you do. Mentality. You, you do. absolutely do. I get up every single morning thinking about somebody needs me today. I love it. I love it. I, I, somebody needs me today. Let me get in my LinkedIn mm-hmm. and see who needs me today. You know, yeah. and they are in there. They piled up in there. Yes, and, uh, I love it. Making sure that we get those connections done. So yes, and it is. It's so important to do that. And you are so giving. You are so giving with your time and so giving with your gifts. Thank you. Um, that it that it absolutely pays off. And so so let me ask you now. If you think back over this whole journey. Mm-hmm. What has been one of the biggest surprises for you as you've moved into kind of this, this thing that's your sweet spot? The biggest surprise, which shouldn't have been, but the biggest surprise for me is that um, many of the CEOs mm-hmm. and CHROs and other leaders inside of top corporations that I work mm-hmm. with, they just really don't get it. I, I, I'm, I'm surprised. I, I, I mm-hmm. guess... I guess I just expected more empathy ah. around the inequities mm-hmm. and just more knowledge around the true history mm. of this nation mm-hmm. and how we got here and how it's your responsibility mm-hmm. in these seats of power. Mm-hmm. to do what you can do in the best interest of yourself. Yes. To level the playing field. 
it is it is it is shocking Mm -hmm. still to me the privilege the entitlement Mm -hmm. the but it's it's just innate it's not it's not like oh well sharon you know we just no it's just what it is it's it's just it's not even i don't even know that they know right (laughs) right It's not conscious. No, mm-hmm. it's not. It's not conscious. That's why we call it, right? Unconscious. Right. Exactly. Unconscious. So, so it's not conscious. I'm like, they really don't see that. Mm-hmm. This is what's coming out of their mouths or demonstrated in their body language or in what right. post they just wrote. It, it really just just unaware. Right. And so that's that's been probably the largest surprise. I, I just thought we had come a little bit further. <laughs> In understanding, uh, sort of, you know, that in the the inequity. I mean, we know it right on paper. We know what the disparities are. We know Mm -hmm. what's, but that's not really happening here. Right. Right. It is actually. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's been part of the. So 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 I get frustrated sometimes when I have to break it down Mm -hmm. and teach that part Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I can't work with an organization if they don't get that part. Right. So then right. that's, so that's heartbreaking. Cause if you right. don't quite get that, then we can't really get results together. Right. Exactly. And, and the hard part of people being surprised that they don't get it. And then you have the two camps of the people that say, you know what, now I get it. You're right. I did. That was a blind spot for me. Yeah. And then you got the other people that are saying, well, but if I have to be inclusive, if I have to do all this stuff, that means that takes it away from insert here. Insert, that's right. Again, because the insert here is entitled to whatever it is, regardless of experience, expertise, capability, skill, none of that stuff. It's because it's there, it should be mine because I want it. Right. Right. And and I have to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spread peanut butter here because that's not just specific gender or race or any of that, because that's also generational. generational. There are some generational True. stuff that says I should be able to only work two days a week because week. I want to. Exactly. Sweetie, exactly. I love you, but um, <laughs> now, I, that's I, I not know a job. Some, I know some people was just, we was just talking about that. <laughs> right? And I'm like, you know what? Now, maybe you'll find that. And, and I hope you do. I really hope you do. But right now... Given you've got about two minutes of experience, we're going to need five days, baby. At least. <laughs> At least for you to get here. So, you know, it's just, it's amazing how broad that the blinders are, you know, Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and how important it is to try to take those off, you know, you know if we're going to do something. And, and I think, you know, it's even shocking. I mean, when you know that women only earn 77 cents oh, out of the dollar than yes. their, their male counterparts, when you know it's even less for black women and Latino. Mm-hmm. Just do, just fix that. Just like, fix it. Just, well, I don't get that. See, that's that's really yes. hard for me because you yes. already know that's happening. Yes. Black, white, or otherwise. So can you just fix that? Just fix it. And so, yeah, yes, I know we have to take off some time to, you know, mm-hmm. to have children, mm-hmm. to raise your children and other, you know, and kings <laughs> and queens. Yes. And so, but that we should get credit for that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's how we have a population. Yes. A workforce. Yes. So I, so that's, that's odd to me. You know, like yeah. why you wouldn't just go to the HR folk and the folk, the comp people. Right. And just say, can you just make all that equal? Like right. I, I did take like 20 minutes. Right. 
And, and, and I remember having those conversations in organizations I was in. I was like, we're going to go do an equity study. So we're, we got problems. Ooh. See, I'm a data girl. So don't just come at me. We got a problem and we got to fix. Let me get the data. Right. And I'm like, and here's what our data shows. Our data actually shows that we don't have a compensation by gender problem. We got a compensation by tenure problem. There you go. We have someone who's been here 30 plus years, but they started out as a, what do they call them? The telephone operators? Yep. Yep. And now they are a manager. So the problem is not that we have a systemic issue with their pay. It's that HR over time didn't keep their pay up with the new job that they got. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so you need to be doing equity studies on an annual, annual basis, at least, at least, even if you don't do your whole organization, pick pieces, yeah. set up a plan, set yep, up a, a plan, plan. And here's where we're going to look every year and just make sure, just make sure that one, if, if it's not dollar to dollar, because there are going to be times when it's not dollar well, sure, to dollar, it should sure. be close. And that there's, that there's a reason for the closest that has nothing to do with age, has nothing to do with gender, has nothing to do with ethnicity. Right. And the other stuff, if there's a systemic issue in your organization, you need to fix that. Fix and you it. need to have those conversations. And HR people, I'm talking to you. Right. You need to have the courage to call people on the carpet about that. Can we say courage? Courage. 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 You need to be able to speak truth to power, and that takes courage. You need to have the courage to say, no, we don't have an issue. We just have this person who believes they should be making six figures when they shouldn't. Or, you know what? We absolutely have an issue here, and here's how we're going to fix it over time. And we're going to be transparent about it, and we're going to tell people. And legal people, I need you to get on board. I don't need you to tell me I can't say it. I need you to tell me how How? I'm going to say it to minimize my risk. Absolutely. And we have to build additional trust because... Yes. The HR executives work for the company. Yes. But, <laughs> but and it's I, difficult. It's just a difficult balance, yes. right? It's a fine line to walk. And I tell all of my HR people, I'm like, you have got to, we are, we are business people first, HR people second, because if there's no business, there are no people. That's right. And you are responsible for ensuring that what the company says they want to do and all that rhetoric they put out is what they actually do. And if the right. behavior doesn't match the words, you have to be the one to stand up. We don't own cultures HR, but we are absolutely responsible for ensuring that what we say is what we do. Right, right. And if you can't do that, I need you to probably think about doing something else. Because if right. HR is really going to make an impact, it's got to have the courage to do and that. And we need HR. Oh, we man, need them. We need HR to have you have all the information, all yes. the tools, and we need you to step in there. We have to step mm-hmm. in there. And, and you need to have courage and you need to have a village because the hard thing about HR is you don't have a lot of people you can talk to because you no. know too much. No, you can't no. talk to everybody. No. But find your group where you can at least get some of that stuff out because all my folks in the pandemic right now, I am so glad I'm not leading HR and having to figure out how we're going to bring people back to work and fighting managers who are like, no, 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 we can't work at home. I'm like, we just proved for three months we can work at home. We absolutely we can't say that anymore. (laughs) Oh man, that is so out the window. It's people doing some kind of everything at home. Gone, gone. (laughs) So more, how are we going to work going forward? So I really need people to stand up and have courage, both leaders to stand up and have courage and push your HR people to say, no, 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 this isn't right. This is what we need to do. And HR people to do the same because we have got to be, we've got to level playing fields. We've got to look at equity. We've got to include people in decisions because that's how we make stronger companies. That's how we make stronger economies. That's how we make stronger communities, right? Yeah, absolutely. Somebody said, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything for anything that's right (laughs) well as we end because i want to be respectful of your time as we kind of end this 
what are one or two key pieces of guidance that you would give to one, an individual who is looking to really get into a career that matters to them, and then to a corporation that is looking for those people of color and can't, can't find them, quote unquote. So for the individual, man, you are in, I know it may not feel like it right now, but you really are in the catbird seat. You know, corporations mm-hmm. are hiring. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just did a news story on this the other day. Uh, corporations are hiring. Uh, you need to identify mm-hmm. those companies or, or types of companies that you want to work for. You want to really have some sense of what it is that you want to do, mm-hmm. even if it's a pivot, but have some sense of what it is that you want yes. to do. Then find out who do you know at those companies or who do you know that may know, mm-hmm. back to relationships again and networking, yes. who you know who may know someone who can get you additional information about a specific job or opportunity so you can get an introduction. Mm-hmm. But you want to absolutely have three thing, three companies written down that you want to yeah. go for, right. at least three, uh, and do and put your energy into that. Mm-hmm. Because once you start networking, one thing will lead to the next, lead yes. to the next, lead to the next. And you may not have a direct contact, but you know someone if you think about it. Yes. It's on your LinkedIn circle. Somebody mm-hmm. who can help you. Yes. And ask for the help. Absolutely. Ask. And, and ask, for, ask for the help. You know, hey, I'm in a job search right now. I either been furloughed or mm-hmm. decided to make a change and would love five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, no more. Mm-hmm. No more right. <laughs> of your time to have a virtual cup of coffee to talk it over and also to check in with you to see what I can do to support you as well during this Absolutely. difficult time for all of us. Absolutely. So that would be sort of a way that you might be able to launch that on your mm-hmm. message on LinkedIn mm-hmm. or your text message if you have their direct number, whatever right. it is that you have or your email. So you want to go for it. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that we learned on our t- uh, call last week, mm-hmm. was it earlier? Was that last week? Yes. Ooh, <laughs> days running together. Yes, ma'am. Last, last week. <laughs> is we learned that it was important and that it was okay to feel the pain. Yes. So it's okay to feel the frustration and the pain, but you have to not stay stuck. Yes. So you want to feel that pain and the frustration and then move. Mm-hmm. feel it and move. So what I like to encourage you to do is to take uh, one, two, one to two to three action steps. Mm-hmm. And in one day, if you can, one mm-hmm. to two to three action steps toward those goals. And that is that day, it may be finding the person who can help you. That right. could be that one. Okay. Mm-hmm. The next day is, okay, I found the person who can help me. Now I need to do what they told me to do. Right. So take them in bite-sized chunks, but make some action steps Mm -hmm. and you'll get there. Mm -hmm. For corporations, um, you want to make sure that you have done your own soul searching Mm -hmm. and that you are dead serious about wanting to be a part of change. You do really want to make some change inside of your organization and get serious about it. Right. And if you are then you need to understand that you can't do it alone. So right. you want to make sure that you're connecting with those resources and partners who can help you get through it in a safe way, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in a safe way where you're partnering, where you're making sure you're having a good conversation, where you're open to hearing it right, and receiving it. And you have a partner that's open to receiving it. Mm-hmm. And then you have one to two to three goals that you want to get done. 
right, in the next quarter and do it and work with that partner to do it. But make it happen. If you want 20% workforce, if you want to hire two black women next quarter, or if you want mm -hmm. whatever it is, mm -hmm. let's do that. Right. And don't be afraid to do that. Right. You right. know what you need to stay competitive. You know what the demographics are looking like. You know, by 2042, we're going to be a majority minority nation. You yes. know, you don't know nobody. Right. <laughs> okay. And that you need to expand your network. So let's yes. do that together. Yes. So yes. we can, so everybody wins. Absolutely. So honesty. Absolutely. You know, that's the, so step one, we need the help. We don't know what to do to mm -hmm. make sure that we're positioned properly in the marketplace to attract top talent of color that we're going to need to Absolutely. maintain our competitive edge. So right. I would say get the resources that you need to get that, to make it happen and just stop messing around with it. I love it. I love it because that honesty is strength. Yes. There is no weakness in saying, I don't know. And I need I some help. Know. There's no weakness in that. Right. And so, but I'm committed. We're committed. Yes. You know, I have an amazing client that did exactly that. They have a clue. <laughs> they're like, sure, we just, but we're committed. Yes. And yes. now they're leading. I love it. I love it. Those just are the because stories they like to hear. Yeah. Just because they just said, I don't know. Right. Right. <laughs> you know what? And I have learned a long time ago. And I every, every time I'd be in front of groups of people, I'd say, here's, here's the rules for having a conversation with me. You can ask me absolutely anything. <laughs> If I don't know, I will tell you I don't know, right. and I'll find out. If I can't tell you, I'll tell you I can't tell you, and <laughs> right. I'll tell you why. Yeah. And I won't talk about anything personal because you wouldn't want me to put your business out there any more than I'm going to put somebody else's out there. Exactly. Other than that, the field is open, right? Exactly. <laughs> so open. just I mean, because in my mind, if you don't ask, you don't get. And if you don't ask me, I don't know, I can't read your mind. So you got to ask me so I understand kind of where you're coming from and where there may be some confusion that I can clear up or where, ooh, we really missed the boat on that one. Mm -hmm. We clearly missed the boat on that one. So we've got to go fix that. And right. then I am responsible and accountable because you have now told me mm -hmm. to fix it. Absolutely. Right? And I Absolutely. love that. I love that commitment Absolutely. that your client has made because that that commitment is the key. If you have that commitment, then everything else will fall into place. Even if it's a hard road, even if you have bumps, if you're committed, it's going to happen. Absolutely. Yeah. And the one last thing is lead. Stop following. You know, so many people say, what? So let me just see what the competition is doing, especially in corporate. Yes. Got it bad. No. Yes. What? Are, so what? Right. What, listen, what do you want for your organization? How yes. do you want to lead? You know, they may be doing yes. it wrong. Right. Oh, preach, Sharon. I'm so telling I, you. <laughs> I just, I mean, so just leave. Yes. Make sure, you know, do what, even if it's, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. You just got to take some action. Yes. But you got to believe in it. When you start yes. talking to me about, let's see what other people are doing, that tells me that mm -hmm. you, you're not serious. Mm -mm. You're not mm -mm. real. You need, uh -uh. Mm -mm. That you don't have any ideas of your mm -mm. own. You don't right. have your, a strong conviction. Right. And so therefore we're not a good match. Right. Because I'm working with partners with a strong conviction about wanting to make change and wanting to make sure they have the best organizations ever that are the yes. most inclusive mm -hmm. in the world. Mm -hmm. Because if you are, you're winning. Yes, absolutely. You, you are winning. You are killing the game with your yes. competition. I love it. So. I love it. Stay true to who you are and what you want to do. Everything else will fall into place. What is, that, what is that saying? What other people think about me is none of my business. Exactly. I love that. <laughs> you know? So what other organizations think about you is none of your business. It's none of your business. 
You do you. You do you to the best it. of your ability. Well, Sharon, this has been amazing. We could talk another four hours. <laughs> you know we could. And I am telling you, and we're just going to have to do another one. So I'm just going to get it on the calendar for us to do another okay, one. We will. We will. I am so appreciative of the time. I know you are so busy and I am so thankful because this is going to be really valuable for people. And I hope you have a great rest of your week. Stay Thank safe. You. Thank you. Stay sane. And, yeah. um, and we will definitely catch you on the other side. And Rutledge Perspective listeners, thank you for tuning in. Uh, you can catch this on Libsyn or wherever you, else you get your podcasts. And I really appreciate your listening. And I will catch you on the next episode. Take care. You have been listening to the Rutledge Perspective. Thank you for tuning in. If we've given you a new perspective or helped you clarify your own, please give us a five-star rating. You can find more information about this and other episodes of the show on laurelrutledge.com slash podcast. And you can subscribe to the show where you get your favorite podcasts. You can also follow me on social media. Oh, and if there's someone you think would enjoy or benefit from the Rutledge perspective, please pass it along. Thank you for tuning in.